Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's show, I will be darned if Winnipeg decided after I'd already pre-recorded Wednesday's episode to announce one of the biggest, uh, I guess, not really shakeups, but events in the Winnipeg Jets season thus far, in extending Paul Maurice for three years around $3 million in his contract. I have many thoughts about Paul Maurice's tenure with the Jets, and a lot of them are a little more on the complicated side, in part because I think that there are some stories about him also serving as something of an administrator to get this team at, at, at a more professional level. When Winnipeg was, I, I think, initially starting out from the relocation, the Jets were kind of, um, to put it bluntly, kind of like an AHL organization, which is not surprising. That's what they were familiar with, and that's what Shovel Day Off and company had been used to. Obviously, NHL ops are something of a little bit of a different level of, of professionalism and logistics required for stuff like that. So, you know, Switching from AHL to NHL management is not exactly easy for anyone, and it's understandable that the Jets went through a a few rough patches. When Maurice stepped in, the Jets were kind of spiraling out of control under Claude Noel, which is, you know, kind of an issue because Noel, I think, had a different vision for this team and ultimately just ran out of ideas. And once Maurice took over, the Jets actually started showing some signs of life. The roster that the Jets had, which was a lot of grit, mixed with a a decent amount of skill, kind of fit Maurice's vision for hockey of playing like a big physical style with underrated talent. The following full season, when he ended up being the main coach and running the show at that point, the Jets were pretty decent. Actually, at times, they were very good. I think that they were like a borderline elite team, and for the real first time in the franchise's history, talking about the playoffs wasn't just fantasy talk. I mean, it was a, a reality and something that I think we all look forward to. For all intents and purposes, the Jets entering that playoff run and even during the games in which they got swept in the first round actually played really good hockey. Now, if they had had a real goaltender that wasn't Andre Pavlik, maybe things would have ended differently. All the same, though, Winnipeg was, you know, essentially at the height of its gritty, grindy glory and a style of game that eventually the Jets would get away from. Fast forward a few seasons and Winnipeg's entire identity is totally different. You know, the Jets play a speed game with a ton of skill, a really fast counterattack, amazing transition, offensive zone dominance, tons of pre-shot movement that just kills teams, and an absolutely dominant power play unit. In the intervening years between 2017-2018 and the first playoff season of 14-15, the Jets kind of went through some real phase changes, but eventually it paid off with that 17-18 squad, and we all saw a Jets team that, as far as I'm concerned, Maybe the best team I ever see in my lifetime. I hope it's not, but I really feel like that Jets team had some kind of magic that no other squad in this team's history has ever captured. For the first time, I really believed Winnipeg could win the Cup, and I felt like they were destined to do it that season. If not then, then they weren't going to win it anytime soon. That had to be the team. They were all in, all chips on the table. Maurice had actually changed some of his uh, rather less savory habits and seemed to understand that an all-out aggressive approach was going to yield far better results, especially with a pretty functional defensive unit. I think that that Jets team, 
more than any other squad that I've watched as far as the Winnipeg Jets are concerned, played hockey the right way. Now, what ended up being their downfall, a little bit of Hellebuck struggling, and then I feel like benching Enstrom didn't necessarily kill the series, but I feel like that sort of signaled, I don't know, a little bit of a, a downfall. I mean, Enstrom's your best defensive guy on the team. He's your defensive specialist. He's got great positioning. Good things happen when he's on the ice. And Maurice kind of dumping him for, I don't even remember, maybe Sherrod or somebody else, just never really made sense to me. And I don't think that the room took it all that well. That was a misstep. But then the following seasons where the Jets kind of, well, more or less sucked, um, I'm, I'm not really thrilled with the performance from, from you know, Maurice's guys and, and from this coaching staff. I see a roster with a lot of potential. Now this season, arguably, that potential is definitely dimmed by the fact that we have maybe two NHL caliber defensemen active at this time. But that excuse doesn't really fly when you look at Pittsburgh, which obviously Pittsburgh has an incredible forward unit, but Mike Sullivan understands that his defense is not where he derives much of his value from. I mean, for crying out loud, they're using like a bunch of AHLers and Jack Johnson plus some of their top four guys. And that's not really, even their top four guys are not really defensive specialists. I think their most effective two-way D is John Marino, who was just brought out of college. And now he's out for a considerable time while he gets surgery. So this Pittsburgh team has been decimated by injuries, uh, running a shoestring defense, and yet continues to play like one of the best teams in the NHL, if not Stanley Cup favorites. And then I compare it to the way that the Jets have played, which is, quite frankly, up until the past couple of weeks, absolutely embarrassing. And I have to ask myself, what is there that suggests that Paul Maurice is the guy who knows how to get this team to the next level? He did it once before, and, well, I mean, I guess twice, really, you could say. Last season, even though the Jets made the playoffs, they weren't really good, so I'm not going to count that year. I don't think that we saw the best of Winnipeg, and I hated how we used... Kevin Hayes, especially after we paid a first for him. But as far as the rest of the seasons are concerned, this team just continually underperforms, and they haven't underperformed as much as they have this year. This team is basically riding Hellebuck into the ground, and I don't really understand what this team's identity is supposed to be. In my opinion, your identity is forged from the way that you play. You're not supposed to force an identity onto that, you know, style of play to begin with, because if you come in with a preconceived notion of how your team is supposed to play, and it totally conflicts with what the roster lineup and makeup actually is, you're going to end up with a team that just doesn't look functional and doesn't play the, the way it's supposed to, which is what's happened with this year's Jets because Maurice has asked them to play really defensively, sit deep, try and absorb pressure before countering, and hope that your speed and skill can take over for all of the uh, defensive lapses. The problem with that theory is that Winnipeg can't really get out of its own end most of the time, and when they do, they end up turning it over or are too exhausted and gassed to even apply any offensive pressure. There's like no real slot attack until the past couple of games. So Winnipeg wastes whatever offensive possession it does have and kind of has to rely on either greasy goals, um, a lucky power play shot here and there, or Connor Hellebuck just being a wall behind them. That is not a sustainable model of hockey, and I don't think the Jets really need to be reinforcing that and believing that that is the way forward. It's not. Just what does Maurice's three-year contract really mean for the Jets? I think Scott Campbell, who was a former Winnipeg Jets player from back when they first joined the NHL, he had an interesting take on, on the fact that three years is basically 
a lifetime deal if you're an NHL coach. From his perspective, uh, you know, the Jets are basically saying, you know, this is your reward for all your hard work. We really appreciate you, and you're going to be here for the long haul. You uh, ultimately decide when you're done coaching for this team. You don't have to worry about job security, which I kind of found interesting because three years in NHL terms, especially for a head coach, is, is definitely an eternity. I mean, you see guys in the in the league get fired all the time. It's really not that uncommon. Maurice is one of the longest tenured coaches in the, in the NHL, and it's actually a very rare occurrence. Most guys are in and out within just a couple seasons at best. Um, some guys don't even last that long. They change teams in like a, a year or two. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, I mean, you think about how long Maurice has been coaching for the Jets. It's getting to be about six years now. So he's been behind the bench for Winnipeg for quite some time. Uh, and now he's going to be, at least for the foreseeable future, continuing on in that capacity. But I kind of also have to think, if he gets extended now, and the Jets roster is basically, in some respects, how what people would say at the, I guess, the peak, even though we all probably know the Jets have declined a bit, uh, is, is Chipman really wanting to make the playoffs and win now? Because if that's the case, then I really wonder how secure that contract is. The NHL is very much a results-driven business, and... I, I I would get the sense that the Jets are probably impatient for victories. They need to start winning games. They need to start making playoff runs. They really need to push for a postseason spot from ownership's perspective. So if that's the case, just how secure is Paul Maurice's job? I'm not really sure. I, I think that the contract says, yes, he actually is probably going to be hanging around for the foreseeable future. But, you know, if the Jets start to suck again... And they're looking more at, you know, a top 10 pick instead of a top 10 seed in the NHL. You know, how many seasons are, are they going to put up with that? I feel like they have a season and a half, and that's that's basically the window on which the, the question starts to loom a little bit more for Maurice. If the Jets don't start turning things around and looking like an NHL squad, I can't imagine ownership is going to be happy. I think that they already wrote the season off saying, you know, this Jets defense sucks, and that's their excuse. That's that's the story that they're going to go with. But from my perspective, I feel like Winnipeg is still underperforming even with all of that in, in tow. And I would not be, if I'm Maurice, I would not be super confident in my ability to maintain my job if things start going south real quick. You know, Chevy took a lot of the heat for the Bufflin situation, but in my mind, I think that there was a lot going on behind the scenes that led up to Bufflin ultimately holding out and then withdrawing from the squad. I feel like you know, you hear it alluded to in the way that Wheeler talks about having to change his persona and his perspective on things and change how he handles both the rookies and his teammates. And I, I, I get the sense that there was some kind of a disagreement. Bufflin was always one of the leaders in the room. When he talks to the media, he's not somebody that has said a whole lot, generally speaking, but you have to kind of read between the lines on stuff. And I get the sense that there was some disagreement at, you know, at one point or another and I don't know what happened, but I feel like Wheeler was ultimately at the center of it because it sounds like from all the rumors that have been going around that Blake ultimately has polarized people with with the way that he wants to run the room and the kinds of decisions that he wants to, to have going forward and who he believes should be leading this team. This would be more speculation if guys like Andrew Kopp weren't so outspoken when they addressed the media. I feel like Kopp this season, more than most, basically gets pissed and kind of throws the book at 
the coaching staff saying, you know, we're playing like garbage out there. And it's kind of rare that you see an NHLer specifically call out rather pointed areas where coaching staffs usually have some sort of influence. And I felt like if Cop is saying that and doing it so publicly on an interview, especially one that's like a Jets interview, things might not be so rosy behind the scenes. It's not a great look for the organization when your players are kind of saying that you're at some degree at fault for what's happening. And I sort of wonder how guys like Kopp and, and Line and Ehlers feel about Maurice getting extended. It was already established that, you know, as far as Sami Niku was concerned, there was some dispute there, and Niku ultimately appears to have at least gotten punished and disciplined because of his behavior and, and some of the stuff that he's been doing behind the scenes. Ehlers, though, also got demoted when he would make a mistake on the ice, and it's happened again in recent times, which is kind of nuts because he's, like, our best overall forward. So... You know, a lot of the young guys, they do have feelings and thoughts and opinions on these coaching staff decisions and stuff, and I wonder, is is Maurice the guy that they really believe in? I don't know. When contract extensions come up, and when, you know, trade requests come up, do all of these guys really want to stick around with a team that's going to continue underperforming? Do they really believe in the project that the Jets have built? From my perspective, I'm just not convinced. I don't know. And Maurice is going to be here for at least, you know, three seasons, unless things take an unceremonious end uh, that's a bit premature, Maurice is going to be around for a while. I know Wheeler absolutely loves him and loves playing for him, but you don't really get a whole lot of uh, enthusiasm from a lot of the other kids. I uh, caught some snippets of Shifley's interview about it, and he was a little bit, you know, short and uh, not super terse, but just not overly enthusiastic or excited about it. And Shifley's body language and game over the past couple of seasons have taken a noticeably different turn. So, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of unrest with this team. And Maurice getting extended kind of tells the kids, at least, that the Jets, uh, at least from the uh, ownership perspective, like the direction that they're going. And if you ask me, that direction's not particularly positive. The Jets have seriously regressed from where they were a couple of seasons ago, and it's not even close. It's, it's basically night and day. And I don't really know how it's going to get significantly better, unless the, unless the Jets get significant defensive help from somewhere within the next two years. Are they actually going to play the kind of hockey that this team desperately needs? These forwards cannot be asked to be defensive and, and turtle up for, you know, 45 minutes at a time. This Jets team needs to be cut loose and to be told to run and sprint like they know they can. With Maurice's extension out of the way, what exactly is the next port of call for the Jets? And I feel like that's going to be a pretty easy answer, and that's going to be to decide, are the Jets sellers or buyers? In my opinion, the Jets should be sellers in the sense that if there's a good deal to acquire a top ND using some of their forward reserves, then I'd be totally down for it. You know, I look at Kyle Connor, and I like Connor in a lot of ways, but I feel like his game is too one-dimensional, and the way that Maurice asks him to play oftentimes on the PK, is much more detrimental to this team. And I feel like he just doesn't have enough versatility on offense. You know, he's got so many different talents and tool sets to, at his disposal and availability. But unless the Jets pair him with a play-driving center, he seems to struggle to do things on his own. Considering how much Connor's being paid, you know, I have questions about the value of that contract. It's not like Ehlers, where Nick does all of these other things for, like, transition... Uh, power play usage, uh, he can be an effective PKer when he's asked to. You know, Ehlers is really a key cog of this entire offense. Connor is not really the same kind of player. I view Connor as like a really elite poacher, 
but unfortunately, he just doesn't have enough other skill sets that he regularly employs to be a really um, multidimensional attacking forward with uh, really great distribution and stuff. It's not that Kyle can't do these things, it's just that he really doesn't do them enough, and I don't feel like if he were to go in place of, like, you know, a, a Hampus Lindholm or something like that, I really don't think the Jets would be too upset. I think that that would be a sensible move from Winnipeg's perspective, and the Jets really need to look at, you know, bringing in a young top-four defenseman, maybe like a Sandheim type or something. Find a team that needs elite goal scoring and has everything else, but maybe has more defensive depth that they can spare for this team. The Jets, I think, don't have the right roster composition right now, and they need to look at balancing what they do have on hand with a little bit more play-driving ability and guys who can transition offense, because for the most part, Winnipeg has a bunch of shooters. A lot of people would probably look at and say, oh, you know, what's the problem with having tons of shooters? And the issue is, you know, all of those guys can score goals, but who's actually going to get them the puck in the first place? Who's going to be the one to facilitate those neutral zone transitions and offensive zone entries? Who's going to help you know, uh, defensive zone exits on a more frequent basis. The Jets just don't have too many guys who can do that. When Nick Shore is like the main backup to Nick Ehlers in that capacity, that's kind of bad because Shore plays, what, like 10 minutes a night as a fourth line forward? Everyone else just kind of seems to struggle to really drive play in a way that you would want. Cop is obviously uh, this team's second best forward in that respect, and really I think just second best forward in general. I think what Cop does for the squad is is hard to really quantify. He's just a fantastic forechecker. He's a great play driver. He's a skilled passer, really smart defensive forward, just an all-around fantastic player. But beyond that, the Jets just don't have many play driving centers like him. If David Gustafson pans out, then yes, we do have another option in that capacity, and we have somebody who can play that same sort of style. But until then, the Jets are kind of stuck, and I feel like this season, if, if Winnipeg is thinking win now, I don't know that that's the right decision. Realistically, to be remotely competitive, they'd have to acquire two defensemen and a top six center, and I don't even know where to begin as far as getting any of that to get the Jets further than they are now. Realistically, they can survive with a limited acquisition pool insofar as the West is really bad, but the moment that they leave the Western Conference, if they were even to survive the first two rounds or so, you get into like the... the absolute murderer's row that is the Eastern Conference in the Cup Finals, and that's obviously a very extreme, far distant, way down the road kind of thing, but that's what you're dealing with. I mean, you have to face Tampa Bay, Boston, Washington, even the Islanders, Pittsburgh. There are like 6,000 Cup contenders in the East and almost none in the West. I would say that there are maybe three West teams the Jets would be worried about, and they can take most of them except for Vegas. You get to the East, though, and you're done. I mean, that, that conference is just unbelievably strong. Even even though Washington over the past couple of weeks has started to struggle a little bit, and actually they're struggling and losing to the Avs right now, obviously this is a team that has the ability to, to cut you open and tear apart a team like the Jets who have no defense. There's just not enough that Winnipeg could really buy to become a, uh, a playoff contender or a really strong postseason team. And I think if with, if you have Maurice at the helm... I really don't know that the Jets' style is going to change all that much. I'd be less upset about him running things if he ran it like he did in 17-18. But over the past couple of months, it's been apparent that that's not how he envisions his team playing, and he feels like he has to shore up for all of the other defensive deficiencies by buckling down and cutting cutting down Winnipeg's offensive chances against by neutralizing the rest of their game, and I feel like that's not the right way to go about it. I'm sure Maurice would love to create more offense, but 
I, I don't know if he realizes that so much of what Winnipeg does well is being taken away because he's asking the, asking them to play so deep and sit sit back, absorb pressure, and try and block shots. And, you know, the Winnipeg is not really going to counter off that. They just can't get momentum going in the other direction. And for now, this Jets' even-strength offense is anything but potent. It's unfortunate, but that's a situation we're facing, and it'll be probably the same going forward for the next couple of weeks, if not the next season or two. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. If you have any thoughts about what I've said, or want to debate me on Maurice's extension, be sure to hit me up at HLLivingLoco, or hit up the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks again for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!